Clutter is enemy number one, and you have to tackle the clutter. And studies show that if you declutter, you are taking care of your, well, you're taking care of yourself. I say it's an act of self-love. It's it's great. I mean, it's absolutely important, but can you maintain it? You know, like anything, if you declutter and then like, you know, six months later, slowly the clutter is finding its way back, you have not gotten to the root cause of why that clutter is appearing. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to say happy mid-March. If you live in a cold weather climate like we do, um, you can relate to the excitement that the snow is starting to melt and spring is right around the corner. I'm so excited to be coming out of like this winter hibernation and then just kind of get back into life. So happy spring, everyone. Um, I also want to let you know that our spring seven-day functional medicine liver detox is right around the corner. It is seven days from April 24th to April 30th, but of course you can adjust those days to work for you. And it's a really great detox if you're looking to boost immunity, reduce your toxic load, your bloating, increase your energy, improve your digestion. You can really feel these results in one week. We talk a lot about tuning into your body's unique needs and you just, you really walk away with a great set of tools and a better understanding of your own body. And you'll feel so proud of yourself for this accomplishment. It's seven days. We start on April 24th. Um, Don't just take our word for it. Here is what one of our recent detox clients had to say. I have done many cleanses and detox programs. I have to say, I like this one the best. Seven days is the perfect amount of time to do a reset and see big changes. It is very manageable and the recipes and shakes are excellent. I loved the support that I received from Stephanie and Marnie. So head on over to the show notes or any of our social media links to sign up and get more details and we would love for you to join us. Also, if you wouldn't mind heading on over to Apple Podcasts, if you enjoyed the episode, and just leave us a quick rating and review. It takes just two minutes, and it really helps our audience grow, and um, also we want to share all of this inspiring information, conversation, resources with a larger audience. So if you have a chance to do that, we would greatly appreciate it, and we would love to connect with you on social media. So feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or email us and let us know what you think about all of these inspiring conversations. 
And now let's welcome today's amazing guest, Carrie Leskowitz. Carrie is a certified life coach and award-winning designer with more than 20 years of experience transforming both spaces and lives. As founder of Carrie Leskowitz Interiors, she helps clients nurture the holistic connection between their homes and their physical, emotional, and spiritual health through self-exploration and reinvention. Her beautifully curated homes focus on the mind-body connection to promote overall well-being and an abundant life. She is also the author of the book, Ohm for the Home. We had a fantastic conversation with Carrie. We talked a lot about how your internal state affects your external space and how your home influences can really reinforce your self-worth and also like how to rid yourself of physical and mental clutter and why the energy in a room might be off and how can we start to invite positive flow. This conversation was so inspiring and we are so excited to welcome Carrie today. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Thrive Chiropractic. I was first introduced to Thrive Chiropractic over five years ago for kinesiology-based food sensitivity testing. I was so amazed by this non-invasive and inexpensive technique that I took my son to have testing done, which confirmed some of his food sensitivities. Both my son and I now have regular tune-ups, and even my leery husband has felt the immense benefits from receiving chiropractic care, including cupping. With over 25 years of clinical experience, the doctors at Thrive Chiropractic, located in Minnetonka, Minnesota, combine their passion for wellness with a strong expertise in effective treatment approaches. When you first come to Thrive Chiropractic, the doctors are focused on helping you feel better as soon as possible, and they recognize that one type of treatment or technique does not work for everyone. Your comprehensive exam, personal goals, and individual concerns help the doctors tailor your custom treatment plan for maximum results. Thrive Chiropractic's integrative approach offers holistic and effective healthcare with a full spectrum of complementary products and services, including acupuncture, massage, food sensitivity testing, CBD, and premium supplements. As a special offer, Thrive Chiropractic would like to invite listeners of our podcast to experience the gift of health with a $25 new patient visit, which includes the initial consultation, a comprehensive exam, any necessary x-rays, and first adjustments. Simply visit the website at www.thrivechiromn.com or call 952-746-5612 and reference the Arts of Living Well podcast. When you're seeking effective, non-invasive treatment approaches to support your health goals, let Thrive Chiropractic be your partner in wellness. Call or book online today. Hi, Carrie. We are so excited to have you as a guest on our podcast today. And we're so happy that we were mutually connected. So thank you for taking the time to come on our show and share your message with our audience. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, So everyone has a story and we would love for you to share your journey from interior designer to a certified life coach and how you are incorporating the two together. And then eventually you wrote your new book, Home for the Home. Um, as with most paths, it was circuitous and fluid. I had been um, in fashion 
And a lot of the work was leaving Philly and moving to New York. I had two young sons. My mom was an interior designer. So I sort of segued into interior design and worked with her for a little while. She had had enough and left the business and I took it over full time and loved it. Um, Was, you know, doing fairly well and, um, I was starting to feel stuck in my life. My business was good. I was happy. I was raising two sons, but I was just feeling stuck. I was feeling stuck in Philly. I was feeling stuck, you know, being a solo entrepreneur working from my home. And I was feeling stuck, honestly, in Philadelphia. So I honestly had been in therapy and I kept saying to my therapist, I want tools. I need tools. And (laughs) they're not really trained to give you tools. He would like create handouts for me. Um, So I started um, going deep into personal growth and realized that life coaches really have a lot of tools in their toolbox to help you sort of go from where you are to where you want to go. Um, And I loved the idea of not going backwards and talking about your past and your childhood, but just going from where you are to where you want to go. And I decided to become a life coach because I thought, well, you know, I'll just heal myself. So I did. I became a life coach. It was a year-long accreditation, and I loved it. And I was able to, I continued to work as an interior designer, and I was really able to create a language because when you work in somebody's home for more than a year, oftentimes, you become intimate with them and their family, and I often saw a correlation between maybe what was going on in what was going on in their home or what was going on in their headspace. And um, as a life coach, I then had a language to say, "Hey, I'm like seeing something here. Do you want to coach around it?" So I was able to kind of like bring to light more than just the interior design in an effort to help somebody create transformation. All the while, I started not to feel well. I mean, I hadn't felt well for years, honestly, but it was getting worse and worse. And um, long story short, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and it kicked my ass. It just got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And there were days I couldn't walk. I mean, it was bad. I was diagnosed with everything from uh, Lyme disease to psoriatic arthritis. And I was on heavy duty meds and I was so upset. I wanted to know the root cause of everything. How did this happen? How can I treat it holistically? And I had to stop working because I could barely walk. I I couldn't take the stress. Um, So I spent a lot of time in bed and I was deeply depressed um, because I couldn't figure out what to do. But I said, how in an effort to still be creative, could I do, what could I do? 
And I decided I could write a book as one does out of the clear blue um, because I thought I had something to say about how interior design um, and life coaching really can go hand in hand or you can take a life coach approach to interior design to maybe better express your authenticity in your home and all the while understanding that there is a root cause to everything. So if somebody is having a toxic relationship and it's showing up as clutter in their home or in their mind, what is the root cause of that? How can we dissolve it? And then they can go on to leading a more joy, a more joyful, holistic life with like overall well-being, the goal. So that's how the book came about. And then slowly as I was healing myself, it was a very cathartic journey. As I was healing myself um, and writing the book, and it was a godsend during the pandemic, it was mostly done, but I was in editing. Um, And I really kind of healed myself, wrote the book, and now I'm back to interior design. And I feel like I'm sort of having this um, full circle moment now, all these five years later. Oh, wow. I love your story, Carrie. Um, I mean, one, I just love your approach to design in life. It's very much how Marnie and I look at health and wellness and getting to the root cause is absolutely our, you know, kind of our our mantra here. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think you took this, you know, situation where you were really sick. I mean, you were in bed, you had autoimmune issues. I know with Lyme's disease, it's somehow sometimes really difficult to even get a diagnosis, yet alone heal yourself. But from that challenge, you, you know, rose up and now you've written this book and you're helping people and you're, you have a very unique approach to interior design. I can't imagine that there are a lot of others in your field that, you know, a lot of other certified life coaches who are also interior designers who have this holistic view. So can't wait to dive in more. So can you share just maybe some of the tools that you use, you know, specifically like when you were at your therapist and you said, I need tools, you know, what were some of those tools and how, you know, have you incorporated them into the book? Um, well, he didn't really give me tools. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he would, I don't even remember. It was like so long ago. Um, I don't even remember, but as a life coach, I love, um, Kind of the first thing I ask my clients is, you know, how do you want your home to feel? Because our home is really a feeling state. So through awareness and mind-body tools, um, really going inward and asking, how does this make me feel? That's kind of where I begin. Um, I like to know uh, what what they carry through in their childhood that makes them feel really good because those are the kinds of things I like to incorporate when I'm working with somebody. Um, You know, if you create a home that makes you happy and expresses your authenticity, I think you're really creating a place that there's sustainable joy there because every time you come home, to your living space, um, you're going to be happy and fulfilled. In the book, I talk about home, 
as also being our sacred space, our body, um, because I incorporate mind, body, spirit, and living space. So again, questions like, are you doing everything you can do holistically? Are you meditating? Are you finding ways to de-stress, whatever that looks like for you? Are you feeding yourself the right foods? Are you, you know, watching those toxic thoughts or relationships? So I really believe there's just an interconnection between all of these things. So we can talk about our home for sure, but I sometimes like to ask my clients to look at these other things that they may not have considered because everything is connected. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I I love how the book is laid out and those really, they're really easy to follow chapters and you have these great takeaways at the end of each chapter, which gives the reader, you know, nice action points along the way. Can you talk about how one's home can reinforce someone's self-worth? Yes. It's funny. I, I made sure I did the takeaways because I kept hearing that voice in my head saying, I want tools. I want tools. <laughs> I like action steps. I like, all right, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on that. So that was why it was important to me to kind of round up some of the bigger thoughts. There's a lot in the book. Um, I'm just sidetracking for one second. You know, I wanted to incorporate, um, you know, the thoughts in our head and and toxins and, you know, it's important to get rid of toxins and really our home, because I said, it's a feeling state. There's a lot of energy there. So you can't talk about energy, especially in interior design without talking about feng shui and crystals and aromatherapy, because we want to incorporate our senses. So I felt like there were a lot of different kinds of topics in the book And it might not speak to everyone, but there is something for everyone. So if you, you know, start with whatever resonates for you, and then you can read that chapter, whatever it may be, color theory, um, and then have actionable steps. So one of the things that I thought was important and certainly learned this myself through this journey was um, kind of clearing blocks. If we want to express an authentic home, we have to know ourselves authentically. And it's important to do a deep dive um, into some personal growth if you haven't. And if you create a home that supports your self-worth, you understand how important your self-worth is. I know that's kind of a, uh, but some people need to work on that. So sometimes there's things in our home, let's say clutter. A lot of people talk about clutter. Um, There's clutter in your home, for example. And if you start working with somebody and there's a lot of clutter, you need to kind of coach around that. What's the root cause of that? And as I begin coaching people and talking and finding out, well, you know, something happened, you know, with an old relationship or, you know, they're hanging on to 
letters from an old lover that they broke up with and they haven't really gotten um, over it. There was no closure. I mean, it could be a myriad of things. But when something is like heavy or triggering um, or a red flag to me and I ask them to coach around it, oftentimes I find out that they need to work a little bit on their self-worth because a universal theme, unfortunately, that many of us have is I'm not enough. And, you know, it shows up in really funny ways. And when we don't feel worthy, how can we expect others to treat us with the self-worth that obviously we are all worthy of? So that's often something that I see. So I do give some um, some tips and tricks and exercises, you know, journaling, meditation, asking some difficult questions, maybe going back and looking at your childhood um, to help bolster your self-esteem because we are all worthy. And maybe we weren't given those messages, but we can give them to ourselves. I love this. Like I, I mean, Marty and I interview, you know, all these awesome guests and these themes keep coming up, especially even just in my life with that whole self-love and you need to love yourself and, you know, bolster, like you said, bolster your self-esteem. Um, and it's all in the energy flow. Right. And I know we kind of dive diving into that a little bit. So, I mean, you are really like a therapist and a, it's a two for one with you, right? You're a therapist or life coach, if you will. And um, an designer. designer all in one. <laughs> you yes. get a lot of bang for your buck. <laughs> you do. It's like such an efficient process. <laughs> and, you know, you're not just like adding some decorations or paint colors. You're really like figuring out what's going to make that person happy and want to and find joy where, in their space. And that's where the sustainable joy comes from. If you've right. done the work, you know, within yourself and then you decorate accordingly, I mean, how can you not be happy? I was talking right. to somebody the other day. So many people can't sit with themselves. You know, they can't be alone. They can't be still. And it is so important because only in the stillness can you hear yourself. And that's when you, you can decipher, you know, what are the healthy thoughts? What are the unhealthy thoughts? And you know, that's where we need to do some work. So I always say, start there. Just be alone and see what comes up. Yeah, oh, I love that advice. Just like ditch the phone and get outside and yeah. Yeah. Be with your thoughts. So can we talk a little bit about energy? And I know you kind of mentioned Feng Shui and you dedicate a couple chapters in the book to it. Um, how do you, if the energy feels a bit off in a room or in a house, how do you invite a more positive flow into the room? I think everything begins with awareness. So if you are completely not aware, that's a good place to start. <laughs> so let's talk about clutter for a minute. Um, I personally have been on a decluttering mission for like the past two years. And I've noticed that the less clutter that I have around and I've never liked clutter, but it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm whittling it down even more and more, the lighter I feel inside. 
and the happier I am in the spaces in my home. And I really see like that direct correlation to the physical clutter and the mental clutter. And I, I don't totally understand the science behind it, but I feel it in my body and in my bones. And I'm wondering, you know, if you know the science behind it and also what are some steps people can take to start to reduce that clutter in their lives? You know, in when you talk about energy, when you talk about feng shui, when you talk about abundance or manifestation, it seems like the first thing you have to do is tackle clutter. Um, honestly, I don't know the science behind it. Again, I think it's like a feeling state um, with Clutter is like stuck energy. Clutter is a, a spider's web of, of issues that you may have. It's all kinds of things. So I was working with somebody who was a little bit of a hoarder. I like to get them to the root cause. You know. He's so gentle and kind. <laughs> I I, I, sometimes I say an excessive accumulator. Um, I like, I, okay, I like, I like that, that yeah. one. An excessive accumulator. And for him, the clutter represented his heart when we were coaching around it. And he had been heartbroken. And in an effort to not be heartbroken again, you know, his space was cluttered and he was like, metaphorically like blocking his heart. So I think it means a lot, again, getting to the root cause, it's going to mean something else for somebody else. Clutter is enemy number one, and you have to tackle the clutter. And studies show that if you declutter, you are taking care of your, well, you're taking care of yourself. I say it's an act of self-love. But what I get confused about when a lot of people talk about clutter is um, it's, it's great. I mean, it's absolutely important, but can you maintain it? You know, like anything, if you declutter and then like, you know, six months later, slowly the clutter is finding its way back, you have not gotten to the root cause of why that clutter is appearing. And in my book, because I talk about the interconnection of everything, I agree and I've sort of become more of a minimalist and I know that I like to live with less things but better. And I find that with food. I don't always do it, but the less I eat, but the better quality, the better I know it is for my body, the better I feel. So again, having the awareness of this keeps me maintaining it. And sometimes we all sort of fall off the wagon or the holidays come and, you know, things, you know, take a turn. But with awareness and with understanding ourselves, we will always come back to sort of homeostasis or our balance. It's about constantly like recalibrating and coming back to our balance. I don't know if I answered your question. But. Yeah, no, you did. I mean, it really, I, it's, I guess it is an energetic force, like you mentioned. Well, I love, I've never, I mean, we've talked about clutter on this podcast. Marnie and I are both trying to be, we've been decluttering. I think COVID was a big, that was a big mm -hmm. silver lining from that. Um, but just how you're saying that clutter is stuck energy. I don't know that I've ever heard it. And it makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah. Um, Cause I know that's how I feel. There's definitely the chi and the energy is not flowing for me when there's all this clutter everywhere, um, which is challenging when, you know, you have kids around and of course. not everyone in your household thinks that, <laughs> that agrees with you on that. But you know, And the life coach in me would say, you know, in a perfect world, yes, we'd all live in these, you know, perfectly curated homes, but that's not real life. So the life coach in me says, pick and choose your battles. You know, if your kids aren't as neat as you would like, make sure they keep the public spaces neat, but like shut their door and walk away. One of the things that I sort of enjoy talking about more than physical clutter is mental and emotional clutter and how the thoughts in our heads and our monkey minds keep us stuck in a place that may not necessarily be healthy for us. And when we live in a home and we're taking care of so many people and we have a lot of balls in the air, you know, what do we need? And sometimes we need to let go of having a perfect home or, you know, making sure everybody's doing exactly what we think they should be doing. You know, it's kind of always a push and pull. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good reminder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so talking a little bit about the energy, uh, you know, the energetics of the home, how do you arrange your home for positive energy? We talked about clutter kind of being one aspect, but I know in Feng Shui too, there's some guiding principles and maybe without getting into all of that, you know, how can someone make some tweaks to their home for that positive energy flow? Yeah, I tried Feng Shui is like such a big topic and it gets super confusing. So in my book, Home for the Home, I try to really do like a Feng Shui 101 primer. So, you know, if you, I think the first thing you do is just look at the five elements, um, wood, water, metal, earth, uh, wood, water, metal, earth, fire. Um, And the easiest thing to do is see if you can incorporate. And again, there's um, each element is represented by a color, a shape, a direction, um, a symbol. Um, and you can bring things in like, for example, I am in Florida and I am surrounded by water on two sides. So energetically, this place, while it feels so good and it's ethereal, you could feel energetically like you're going to float right out the window and over the ledge. <laughs> So I was very mindful of bringing in a grounding energy. So if you are in an environment where there's too much of something, look at what you could bring in to balance that. And I talk about it a little in the book. And the easiest thing to do is in artwork, in pillows, in throws, in accessories, you know, in you know, frames, whether it be wood, if you need more of a earth element or a metal, if you want more of a water element, like so many different things can represent these elements. So I would say, see what you, how do you feel? And then based on that, what could you add or subtract? I obviously can't subtract the water around me, but I know enough not to bring more water in. 
Um, how could you bring in or shift some of the other elements to make your home feel better? Interesting. And then, that sense. Yeah. And so that's energetically with feng shui, but as an interior designer, I would say, is there harmony within the things in your room? Does your eye possibly move harmoniously from, say, the color red, which is energizing and fire, you know, the red in the artwork to a red candle across the room to a red pillow? You know, you want your eye to sort of float around the room. You don't like that giant sailfish. You don't want anything to be jarring or such a big focal point that that's all you see. So I think you can feel harmony. And if you don't feel it, then you know you have a little bit of work to do. What about clearing out old energy? Like, um, what would be some examples of when a person may want to do like a space clearing and how would they go about that? The first thing I always do is sage a space. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that. And I do it now. <laughs> Can you um, explain that for our listeners? Cause they may not know what that yeah, is. So you know, there's herbs, you can buy them um, anywhere almost at Whole Foods. I mean, they sell them so many places now. It's like a little bundle of herbs. It um, was kind of historically passed down from Native Americans. You know, we all remember maybe seeing in TV shows how they would light fires or they would take these wands of smoke. And essentially what it does is the herbs are medicinal, And you are clearing the energy in the smoke. Um, You are dispelling the negative energy and welcoming in positive energy. So you want to do it with intention. If you're in a new space, if you're in a space where, I don't know, say you've had a fight and it feels tense Um, if you're bringing in something new, I like antiques every once in a while. If I bring an antique in to my home, I will sage it because there's energy of a past life there. You know, where was it before it's here? I don't know. I don't want to know, but you know, only good vibes. So you take your, um, wand of sage or Palo Alto, or again, there's different things you can use and you light it. There is also, which I have taken to doing, a a cleansing spray now because over the years, our fire regulations have changed and I now have have a smoke detector in every room. So I am so panic stricken in this high rise that I'm going to set off the smoke detectors that I use a mist now and you can make your own, but... Um, you can also buy them, but in Philly, I use the the wand. So the premise is that you are clearing in the smoke the negative energy. You want to open your windows and you are welcoming in the positive energy. You are getting rid of a past life, whatever that energy is, and welcoming in the fresh energy that you now want to live with because now your energy is going to imprint on things. And you can also 
You don't have to go to that great length. You can take a singing bowl. You can clap your hands. You can walk through your space and play music, sing, clap your hands, make a bowl with like Himalayan salt. And that also shifts energy. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, it can be like anything in life. You can make it complicated or you can make it simple. Um, but it's really about just clearing out any negativity with intention and bringing in positivity and freshness. I I keep a stick of um, Palo Santo is the one uh-huh. I have. I think you mentioned a different one. Um in my meditation area. And every time I meditate, I light it. I just whirl it around the room, blow it out. And I mean, I've had the same stick forever. And I love how it it like sets the tone for the room and it is not complicated. I mean, you can buy these all over the place and it's right. So if you took that and you just waved it, you know, starting at your front door and walked all around, you know, your house and into corners and spaces where maybe you had that fight or somebody was ill or, you know, whatever, that's exactly what you're doing. And it's the intention. Like when you set that for meditation, you're setting an intention. Okay. You have just motivated me to use mine because I have them and I've had them for a couple of years. I think I've maybe use the sage like once. And so I think I'm going to do my whole house. I feel like we need it. Um, I've never done my house. Yeah, it's I good mean, to I just do it. I, I like am in the habit of doing it tied to my meditation. I don't know why, but I love the idea of like going into different rooms in the house and doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I start at the front door and I walk around the perimeter and I'm into corners and I'm, you know, just saying like whatever it is that comes. There's, you know, again, very formal things you can say. There's a prayer in the book. Um, But I just sort of say whatever's on my mind in the moment. Like my husband laughs at me, but I don't care. (laughs) No, I I love this. Um, And it's something so easy and simple. And sometimes it's really more the intention too. Um, like you said, you can clap your hands, use a singing bowl, but I see here the smudging prayer. Um, I'm, I'm going to do that, Carrie. I'm going to let, I'm going to let you know how it goes. And let me know. It's all about what makes you feel good. I mean, I know not everybody believes in this and I'm not somebody, I don't think of myself as being woohoo. You know, I, I'm, I'm really not, I'm very pragmatic and, you know, but this makes me feel like I'm being proactive in my space. And uh, it must be working, honestly, because I had somebody come in like two weeks ago and they were here for a while and they don't know a lot about me. And um, it was like a friend of a friend. And she's like, I got to tell you, it feels really good in here. And that was just like the best compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, So you know, a little bit more kind of diving into the the energetics a bit. What about light and color? Like you talked about the different elements, but how can light and color transform a room? Have you ever been in a room with overhead fluorescent lighting? Can't stand it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It is so (laughs) awful. Why is it awful? 
Because it makes you look green. It makes you look sick. It, it's depressing. You feel like you're in jail. <laughs> I could go on and on about why I hate fluorescent exactly. light. Oh. And we don't look good and we don't feel good. So it comes back to our home is a feeling state. And in order for our home to not only express our authenticity, but to help us um, with our overall well-being, lighting is also crucial. And we want to have the best lighting we can have. We want to have as much natural light as we can. I've worked with people who never raise their blinds. That is not good for your health. And it's not good for your immune system. It's not good for stress. So natural light is key. If you can't have that, you know, some really good halogen or LED lights now, they're getting less expensive. Um, I think having a combination of lighting, so have your overhead lighting, have your ambient lighting, your mood lighting. If you could layer your lighting again, that will make you feel good. Um, but having a lot of natural light as much as you can, so important to make you feel good. And there's lighting now that follows your circadian rhythm. So it starts out um, red for warmth and it makes you feel good and gets you ready for, ready for the day. Sorry, it's blue. And then as it gets later in the day, it turns amber and that's warmth and that's telling you it's time to, you know, sort of relax and wind down and get ready for sleep. So it's all about holistic health and light is a very important part of that, as is color. You know, there's psychology of color, there's psychology of lighting. It's all part of um, environmental psychology which is how our spaces make us feel and how we function within our spaces. Um, red revs us up, as does orange. You know, blue and green calm us down. We're looking at our warm colors and our cool colors. Um, a lot of people, this question has got, gets asked a lot. You know, we're all seeing spaces now that are touted as calming spaces and they're all ivory and brown. And I love that. I mean, I'm all about that, but not everybody is. Some people are happy in riotous pattern. So I always say you do you. Like if you know what you love and what brings you joy, you still have to have good lighting, but you can have bright colors. You can have lots of different patterns um, as long as you know that's what brings you joy. So again, it kind of comes back to awareness and knowing what feeds you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think lighting is so important. Um, so as we start to wrap up this conversation, Carrie, we love leaving our listeners with tips that they can immediately implement into their lives. And I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners something that they can do that's easy today to help bring more ohm into their home. I'm going to tell you about my favorite exercise. And anybody can do it as soon as they stop listening to this podcast. Walk through your front door if you don't often use your front door as your regular entry. Um, or your side door, whatever you don't use as your regular entrance, what your guests would use, which is often the front door. 
you want to be a guest in your own home. I call this exercise seeing with new eyes. You're going to walk in your home as if you are a guest and kind of just suspend disbelief and look at your home as a stranger would look at it. What are the first things they're seeing? What are the first things they're feeling? You can take a pad and a pencil, walk from room to room. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Get into those corners. If you want, while you're there, clap, you know, sing, shout, move that (laughs) energy around. But are you seeing dust? Are you seeing collections that long ago, you know, you haven't moved or touched or noticed? Is there something broken? You know, you're really just noticing because sometimes people live for, you know, 10, 20 years and they don't move a thing. Um, They don't see what other people see. So you really want to just become aware of what your space looks like to somebody else because you are telling them who you are. So are you telling them the best version of yourself? So move from room to room, asking yourself those questions, maybe clapping in those corners. And just it's like an it's like a tool of discovery. You know, I love that. that. I haven't heard anyone share that or anything like it. Um, That's a great idea. And like you said, simple, doesn't cost any money. You can do it immediately after you listen to this. So, Carrie, where can people find you? How can they work with you? And of course, where can they buy um, Home for the Home, your new book? Everything is on my website, carrieleskowitzinteriors.com. Um, there's a work with me page. There's my book page. The book's available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indie Books, but it will direct you there from my website. Instagram, Facebook, everything is right there at carrieleskowitzinteriors.com. Um, Carrie, as we wrap up this conversation, one question we like to ask all of our guests is, what does the art of living well mean to you? The art of living well means to me that every experience that I engage in, I try to make the best I can make it. And it could be something simple like, you know, changing tables at a restaurant if I'm not happy, (laughs) which I do often. My friends all know, like, oh, she's not going to sit at the first table. Like, you know, sitting at a table that has a nice view or it's not too noisy to if I have to do something I don't want to do, how can I make it a better experience? Like, can I tack on something before or after it that would bring me more joy, that I have something to look forward to. So it's really about, again, sort of understanding your mind-body connection and making every experience the best I can make it, even like having a really good cup of coffee in the morning. Like life has just been too short and too challenging. So I just always want to feel the best I can feel. And it almost doesn't matter what it is. Okay, I love this. I love your answer. And I'm just thinking about what a great message that is for kids to hear um, and for adults to um, for adults to show their kids. You know, I'm just thinking as a parent right now, like make the best out of every situation. Something doesn't go your way. You don't get on the team you want to. How are we going to learn and grow from it? 
So I think that's, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, have a, have a wonderful day and thanks for being on our podcast today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.